Welcome to Texans Unfiltered. And here we go, here we go! A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. All right, welcome to Texans Unfiltered. Today we got a special fantasy football focused episode. We're going to talk a little bit about the Texans. And I've got a special guest with me, the fantasy gentleman. He may not be quite as lovely as, as James, but he's going to step in and, and kind of help, help you help your fantasy team. So we're going to get started. Um, what, what do you want me to call you? You want me to call you the fantasy gentleman or? You can call me G-Man. Or G-Man? Okay. Yeah. All right, G-Man. Well, let's start off real simple. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and why we should put our fantasy teams in your hands. Well, I... Uh... I'm a uh, Houston native, but I live in Raleigh now, so uh, now I just have to put a lot of focus on fantasy football. Um, I've come in, if not first place, then at least in the top three in pretty much every league I've ever been in. Uh, it's more of a hobby than anything, but uh, I feel like I've done pretty well for myself in it. All right. Well... Pretty much fantasy football is actually probably what has made me a better football fan myself. Um, honestly, I went to the University of South Carolina. I'm a Houston fan of all sports, so I'm pretty used to mediocrity. If I thought any of my teams was ever going to win a championship, I think I'd have given up on sports a while ago. I'd rather be pleasantly surprised if it ever happens. But one of the things that has really helped helped me with, you know, not – hating myself every fall, has been fantasy football. And one of the things that I have kind of discovered is because I pay so much attention to South Carolina, so much attention to Texas, and the reason y'all listen to me is because we pay so much attention to the Texans, is that's actually made me a better fantasy football player. So the point of this show is to kind of take that, take what little bit we've learned and kind of pass it along to y'all and hopefully make you feel a little bit better about when you're being a homer and when you're not being a homer. All right, and let's get right in. Um, Honestly, this year is a great year to be a Texans homer in fantasy. We have a ton of relevant players. What do you think, G-Man? We definitely had more than we had last year, I'll say that. Uh, The... Running back situation, you know, I actually was one of the few people who actually loved Lamar Miller in fantasy. You know, he was easy to to trade for if you had a bye week. You know, he was kind of under the radar. No one paid attention to him. So if you were in a pinch, you could offer a little something and get a guy who could you could plug and play, and he'd get you at least double-digit points in a PPR format, which was always nice. Um, Luke is, well, he's... Well, he's Nuke, you know, can't say anything else. He's a whole other human being. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely like the direction that Texans are going as far as fantasy goes. Yeah, I think this is, again, I'm I'm still optimistic about our offense this year. I think that I'm not going to get into the minutia about all the, the deals that were made this past weekend, but our offense is on better standing. We've currently got a, an incredibly deep receiving core. I I think Duke Johnson I is going to do just absolute wonders here in Houston. And, of course, Deshaun and, and Hopkins have been relevant for years. Um, prior to that, last year, of course, Miller was – he was one of those guys I think that as a player he got a lot more hate because he was so mediocre in fantasy. But when we look at mediocre in fantasy, that just means consistent. He never scored touchdowns but he was always safe if you needed him in a pinch. He was never going to hurt you. He was never going to win you a week, but he was never going to put up a goose egg. However, this year, this year I think that the team has a lot more boom-bust players. And other than Deshaun and DeAndre, just about everybody else on the team I think will be a boom or a bust. So let's just start off. Deshaun Watson, that's where we always want to start. He's what makes the franchise go. He's honestly what will probably make your your fantasy football team go as well typically i'm a big believer in the uh in the strategy of drafting quarterbacks late uh quarterbacks essentially in a single quarterback league are easily replaceable that production is always there there's always somebody that pops out of nowhere that ends up doing 
doing pretty well. I believe last year, like, you could get Pat Mahomes in, what was it, the 8th or the ninth? Yeah, it was, it was relatively he, late. And, yeah. yeah. And last year, Hopkins, or I'm sorry, Watson went in the 5th. This year, you're going to get him. If you want him, you'll still have to get him in the 5th. Um, right now, he is the consensus number two quarterback out there, according to Fantasy Pros. And this is in four-point leagues. Um, four-point when I say four-point league, I'm talking about four-point per passing touchdown. And consensus is number two. His best rating is number one. His worst is number seven. So do you think that Watson is worth reaching for? Because if you're going to get him, if you're a Texans fan, you're probably going to have to get him in the late fourth, early fifth if you want him. Do you think he's worth reaching for to just, you know, follow, go for uh, the Texans fan wants to say absolutely get him. I mean, I'm going to be watching the game every single day anyways, so, you know, having him on my fantasy team just is that much more exciting. But if if you want to, you know, kind of go Belichick in with it and separate yourself from the fandom, uh, I don't think really any quarterback is worth the reach in, you know, the single-digit rounds. There are plenty of other players that you can get that can – that can add to your fantasy team all around that you can't get later on. You know, the, the quarterback position, you can you can get something later on. I got, you know, Matt Ryan in the 15th round in one of my drafts, and he's been a top three fantasy quarterback uh, for the past three years. So, um, the home run needs to say yes, reach for it, make it exciting, but, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, the statistician in me wants to say, you know, just keep going with the plan. You know, I happen to agree with you, even though I hate it, and I'm actually kind of a – this is one of those things where do as I say, not as I do, because if you look at most of my teams this year, I did reach for Deshaun just because this is where I just let my my love of the guy just overwhelm me, and with – Fantasy football, like anything else, you should be something something that should be enjoyable. And any leagues that I have money in, I do not have Deshaun. Any leagues that I'm playing against people that are more friends and family, a little bit more casual, I definitely have Deshaun, and I'm not afraid to He's just my favorite player to watch this year. So that's kind of kind of my words for advice on it. I am in agreement with you. And, and that's... Don't homer out and don't go get them unless it's a league that you're like, eh, I'm okay if I don't necessarily win exactly. this. You, want to you'll never be upset that you have Deshaun Watson as your quarterback. It, you'll just, you know, and, you know, if you if that's what you want, then, then go for it. But, um, you know, he won't disappoint you. But there are other positions that are, aren't as deep as the quarterback position that you might need help with later on. And, you know, it, it could really – if you're playing for money or, like you said, you know – in, in a really competitive league, that's not the way to go. But if you just want to have fun with it, I mean, go for it, man. Why not? Yeah. That will probably be our advice on most of these guys. However, the one little thing that I would leave before we move on to Hopkins, with quarterback is if you – Deshaun is relatively safe as a quarterback. However, if you're going to hit on him, and if he stays healthy, you're going to be happy with his production. However, you need to hit the rest of your draft. You need to be – you can't really yeah, that, have a big miss on any other any other. That late-round pick that, you know, you normally take a flyer on. It's not it's not a flyer pick anymore. you got to be very precise with it because you, you've already given up that little bit of leeway whenever you reach, you know, in the fifth, fifth round for Deshaun Watson. All right. Next up is Hopkins. He is – in my opinion, he has become the new Antonio Brown in fantasy football. You can't go wrong with him. He's going to win in PPR. He's going to win in standard. You honestly, whatever whatever price you want to play on him, there's maybe three players in all of fantasy that I would take over him, and that's maybe. I think that, granted, no matter what type of scoring you have, he's going to finish about 100 points behind uh, most running backs, but he's going to be the safest. He's not going to get hurt. He's going to play all year, knock on wood, as a fan. If there's any player, again, going out of your way for it, it's got to be Hopkins. Yeah. 
Hopkins is so good that he's almost boring to talk about when it comes to fantasy because you know, you, know, you just say Hopkins and everybody knows. It's like, okay, well, the conversation's over. You know, he's the number one receiver in fantasy. You know, maybe number two if you want to count Devontae Adams just because he's got Rodgers back. But um, definitely, I mean, if I had a choice between two, and this is probably where the homer takes over, but I would take Sean, I mean, uh, Hopkins in a heartbeat, you know. Um, but, I mean, outside of that, there's really not much to talk about. You know exactly what you're going to get from him, and it's going to be amazing. Yeah, he's got better receivers around him this year, which should actually hopefully take a little bit of the pressure off of him. Uh, Watson, the jump that he had made in accuracy from year one to year two is only going to help Hop. Is going to even help Hopkins further, even if the volume's a little bit down. Yeah, definitely. Hopkins had the thirty was third had a thirty second percentage target share, which was tops in the league by about four points. So, even if that comes down just a little bit, we're still going to be okay with him. Again, get Hopkins if you can. Um, I if you want to take him first overall, I can't even fault you because you're a Texans fan. And, you, again, not disappointed. Safest player on the roster. A little bit boring. This is a little bit of Kool-Aid. But Hopkins, yeah, can't go wrong with him. Now, where it gets interesting to talk about the Texans this year in fantasy is with our next couple of receivers. Um, and I'm going to kind of lump them together because when we talk about them, we kind of have to talk about all three of them. And that's Will Fuller, Stills, and Kiki Kuti. Um, so by adding Kenny Stills, the Texans have kind of, you know, fogged up, fogged this up. A couple of weeks ago, it would be Fuller, definitely take him in any best ball. You still can take him in any best ball. With Stills, you can still take him in best ball. However, in PPR and standard leagues, it's – a little bit more confusing now because who is Stills going to take away from? Essentially, Will Fuller is a better version of Stills on the outside, but Kenny Stills can actually play on the inside. So he can actually play slot. Um, Fuller has lined up in slot, but if he's in slot too often, he's not going to last long. Yeah. So is it Kiki Kuti that's really going to suffer? Currently, where everybody's getting drafted, uh, Fuller is the consensus 34. His range of outcomes is best to 16, worst to 65. Uh, Kenny Stills, uh, 55 is the consensus. His range of outcomes is 26 to 111. <laughs> there are some people that hate him. And then with uh, Kuti, it's, uh, he's consensus 56, so he's one behind Stills, but he's um, being ranked anywhere from 40 to 74. So he's stable. Everybody kind of knows what to expect with him in their opinion, like it's 40 to 74. I mean, that's still a huge gap, but it's, that's, that's, you know, that's late round flyers, which is what he would be. Yeah, I definitely think that of all three of them, I would go with Stills. And, you know, you might not see the production right up front as he gets used to the offense and, you know, to figure out how to use them and stuff. But Kenny Stills has the ability to stay healthy. Which you know, for as a fantasy owner, you know you want consistency, you want that health. If you make it to the playoffs at the end of the year, you know, and all your guys are hurt, well, you know you're not going to last very long. It was all for nothing. But if if you're looking for, you know, that player who's going to be there, I mean, I think Kenny Stills is probably out of the three the one to own, um, just because of where you, where you might be at the end of the year. You know, you only need a little bit of re- receiver depth. Uh, I remember last year I had uh, I went into the playoffs and I had OBJ, Landry, and AJ Green, and the first week of the playoffs, all three of them got hurt, and I was done. I was out that I was out that round, Ooh. boom, just like that. So that was, that was my the one league last year where I didn't finish in the top. So and it, and it hurt. I thought I was ready ready to go. <laughs> yeah, and, and to lose all your receivers like that, ouch. Yeah, that was just bad, bad luck. Yeah, that usually receivers are what's considered the less, the least fragile position, um, which means that they usually miss the least amount of games due to injuries. Uh, running back, or actually tight end is the most fragile, followed by running back, quarterback, and then receiver. Um, when you hear a fantasy analyst say something like that, that's all he's talking about. 
is not if the player himself is fragile, it's if their production is exactly. fragile. So going for receivers, we've got three of them that I would actually consider all three of them fragile producers. And with Stills, he there was a, there was a couple of years ago where he was absolutely fantastic oh, yeah, when he was with the Saints, and you saw what a quality quarterback could do with him. I mean, you look at what Drew Brees could do compared to what he got in Miami. I mean, the best quarterback, honestly, that he played with in Miami was probably Moore, Matt Moore. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the biggest. I'm not the biggest Tannehill fan. I thought Hill was actually pretty good, but once again, he's just another player, you know, fragile, you know. Uh, you want him to stay healthy, you know, just to see what he can do because you're like, oh, I know this guy could be good, but, you know, then he doesn't get hurt again, and you're like, all right, well, maybe not. So, I don't know. Well, I think Tannehill, let me rephrase that. With Tannehill, if he could stay healthy, just he was he was a great athlete. But as a pure passer, I would say that Matt Moore is probably the best one that he that he had down there. Oh uh, yeah. And um, that's really not. I know. I'm, I'm like, I remember, yeah, well, I remember watching the Dolphins for the past two years. So I mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they they haven't had a lot. So you got to remember that was still. Um, before he went down there, he had a season with New Orleans where he just absolutely lit everybody up. There was a point in time where we were hoping that Will Fuller would turn into Kenny Stills. And now we're at a point where people compare Kenny Stills as kind of a poor man's version of Will Fuller that can stay healthy. So you put them on this offense, and Deshaun Watson has been a fantastic deep deep ball thrower, even dating back to college. Um, Kenny Stills has a phenomenal ability to catch deep passes which should match up. Um, wh- so what do you, would you take Kenny Stills over Will Fuller? I mean, I think? would just, like I said, for me, and, and I'll always be this way, is I, I would be able to depend on a player to be there, you know, later on in the season. You know, he just, he has the ability to stay healthy for now. Um, I would take him over Will Fuller. And, and you know, the one one wants to say, you know, Will Fuller, because that would mean that I would want him to stay healthy all season. And, and you know, any dream scenario, you know, that's what you want. But uh, it, it, honestly, it all comes down to, it all comes down to Bill O'Brien and, and how he chooses to use these, these receivers and whether or not he can find a legitimate way to make Kenny Stills a threat in this offense, which, you know, you, you hope he can, but you know, I don't know. I don't know what to expect anymore from from the uh, Bill O'Brien aspect. Fair enough. Um, my words of advice would try and sneak steals as kind of like a late round. Fuller is going undrafted in a lot of leagues um, oh, that wow. I've been in. So there's just, because he missed that last preseason game, there's still that. Or actually, I think he missed the entire preseason. I, I don't. Did he play a single snap no, in any didn't. of the preseason games? Yeah. So there's always injury concerns with him. If you can grab Fuller off the waiver wire, I'd rather do that at some point. I'd do it sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Especially because he he's been sitting out, and there's a little cloudiness around his in- injury. Now, they've said that they don't have to say anything during the preseason about their injuries. They don't have to give any sort of detail. He has been practicing as much. He is coming off an ACL. If you're going to draft one of them, I would recommend drafting Steels over Fuller. But if you can grab Fuller off the waiver, that's something that I would I'd definitely click the little eyeball on him. Um, if you're in a deeper league and you can kind of lowball somebody for him, because Fuller with Deshaun has been absolutely amazing. It's just he probably won't be on the field. Whereas Kenny Stills will probably stay healthy. And here's the other thing. Kenny Stills can also play slot receiver. And we didn't really talk about Kiki too much because Kiki looks like he could potentially be a PPR monster. I wouldn't I wouldn't waste a draft pick on him in standard leagues, but if you play PPR, then yeah, definitely if you can get him in the late round. Or same sort of things with Fuller. If you just want to be a homer, you can kind of pick him up um, after 
after your draft. He's been going undrafted because he got hurt. But I would think. I was going to say, how, how many uh, games did Kiki play last year? I can't remember. I'm trying to find it. Uh, so, yeah, because him and, him and Will Fuller had the almost exact same amount of targets last year, but Fuller walked away with definitely more yards and, and three more touchdowns. So Yeah. Kiki was an absolute yeah. PPR monster. And two, of, and two of the games that he was in, he received over he had over 10 yep. receptions. So he's essentially a running back. <laughs> he was our third down scat back last year, um, which Kiki's also going to be our bridge into talking about Duke Johnson because there's going to be a lot of overlap there. But Stills can play a more – can also play that slot position. He can He can move inside – and kind of eat up a lot of those targets, especially because Kiki hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy. Now, if he plays, I think we'll be good, and I think he'll be a good player. It's just how will he stay healthy? Yeah, it's one of those, you know, you, you know show me type situations where, you know, just show me you can stay healthy. And, and, and if he can, I, you're right. You're absolutely right. He could be a PPR monster. And, you know, I, I haven't seen him go undrafted, in, him or Will Fuller go undrafted in any of my leagues. But uh, they are usually a late-round flyer. Uh, Kenny Stills has been uh, undrafted in more of my leagues than anything than the other two. But uh, he's, he's getting picked up pretty fast off the waiver wire. So Yeah. If Stills is out there in any of your leagues, grab him. I would actually recommend grabbing him over Kiki. Um, I would play if I had to play him. I would play him over Fuller at this point. But hopefully you don't have to. You can let him kind of sit in their bench. And I would say on all three of them, be a, if you want to be a homer, put him on your bench, but don't draft him to start him. Yeah, definitely solid advice. Uh, next, well, this will transition over from Kiki to Duke Johnson. Oh, man. Um, I've got a little bit of a crush on Duke Johnson. Just anybody, part of um, the fantasy football analysis, a lot of the guys are heavily analytics-driven, and Duke Johnson is an analytics darling. Um, Scouts don't like him quite as much, but guys that just look at numbers. And in fantasy football, there's been a lot of excitement about Duke Johnson because he he has been – one of the most productive and one of the most efficient running backs. He just hasn't had a lot of yeah, opportunity. He only had, what, 40 rushing attempts last season? And, but he had 62 targets, passing targets. So that that was nice. Right. And he's been essentially worst case scenario for Duke Johnson, I would say, is remember um, Arian Foster before he tore, tore his Achilles when he came back from from the sports hernia surgeries, all he did he was all he did was catch passes. He was ineffic- he wasn't able to run the ball. He still wasn't healthy, but he just did these little short passes, and he ran pretty much just those little running back slash hybrid receiver routes. And it was something that Lamar Miller just could not do. Lamar Miller's hands were fine. He was just a horrible route runner. And he couldn't find the ball in the air. So if the ball was thrown to the wrong, sh- wrong shoulder, Lamar Miller, no way, was going to ever catch it. Duke Johnson might as well be a yeah. receiver. He just happens to play running back. That's exactly the way I see him. He's just basically a, a, a receiver that plays running back. So, um, yeah, it's for me, for Duke Johnson, as you know, I'm, I'm excited to see him as a fan, uh, as, a, as a fantasy owner. I'm a, just a little bit worried, but not too much, just because. You know, you, they didn't seem to pass a whole lot to the running back, but I don't know. I'm not sure, you know, where that, you know, if that just was Lamar Miller or if that's just the way they game plan or what it was. But, you know, hopefully. If you can, if you compare um, Bill O'Brien's or the Texans since Bill O'Brien has come on, um, because that used to be my biggest frustration is why didn't we throw it more to Miller because Miller didn't have any drops. Miller just can't couldn't run those short little routes. All he could do was kind of settle in the middle. And strangely enough, that was all Alfred Blue could do. However, Deshaun would find Alfred Blue when he would do that, but he would never find Lamar Miller. When 
Miller would attempt to run her out, and Deshaun was suddenly extremely inaccurate. So to me, that usually stands when Deshaun is usually a fairly accurate quarterback, but to be extremely accurate to one receiver typically means that that's the receiver's not inability to run the route correctly. Either it's timing, location, he's not in the right place. So with Lamar Miller, he just was a – he seemed to be a very, very poor route runner. So hopefully this is the first running back – I mean, Tyler Irvin, this is what they were hoping for him to do, but he could never stay healthy. Oh, God. <laughs> and they just used him – they just used him in such limited amount that – Essentially, Duke Johnson is what Bill O'Brien always hoped Tyler Irvin to be, which would be closer to Arian Foster a couple of years ago, um, Shane Vereen a couple of years ago, um, Kevin Falk way back in the day. Like that's what I imagine the plan for Duke Johnson is because I can't see any other plan. Yeah, and as a, as <laughs> I a really fan can't. and as a as a you know a fantasy football guy, I. I would love to see, you know, them start passing, you know, using Duke Johnson the way he should be used and throwing the football to him and letting him run short little routes and just take off with it, you know. But as a fan, as a fantasy guy, you know, you just want to see, you know, the best of what a certain player can do, and he's very, very good at that. So you, I hope that happens. All right. So Duke Johnson is currently going, at, or currently ranked as the 20th, uh, running back in consensus 20th in standard leagues. Um, his best is 20th. His worst is 43. So there's got to be a lot of people that have him up around 20. Um, hopefully I didn't read that wrong because that does not sound right. Let me double check this. And then in PPR they have him at 26. Yeah, that's correct. So they have him well. Yeah, I would, I would definitely rate him higher. In the PPR format, than uh, than that. But once again, it might be people with their uh, you know, they're a little cautious because of you know the them not throwing to the the running back in 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 the past. So that might be what people are thinking. They're thinking game plan maybe. But yeah, it essentially looks like they just changed Lamar Miller's name to Duke Johnson. Ah, yeah, the lazy <laughs> man's way <laughs> out. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, honestly, if you if you're in a PPR league, I would actually I would reach for Duke. Um, if you want him on your team, I think you'd be happy with him in a PPR. Standard, uh, no, because standard is so reliant on touchdowns. I just don't don't reach as much as you want to. Please don't. Um, it's easy to get hyped about him. Um, you'll probably get hyped about him after watching um, his first his first week with the Texans, I hope. However, don't try any trades. Don't reach for him if you're still drafting, if you're in standard. If you're in your PPR, yeah, yeah, definitely try and yeah, get and him. Yeah, definitely if you can get him, you know, or I think right now his ADP is the fifth round. For me, that's a little rich for my blood, you know, for, for Duke Johnson. But, you know, if you can get him maybe in, you know, the seventh or eighth round, if he's still around, he probably won't be. But if he's there, I would definitely grab him up. Uh, Fifth round's a little rich for me. But. Yeah, averaging out in the, in the sixth. Okay, yeah, I had him. All right. Six-round pick. So if you want him, you have to get him in the fifth. Yep. And depending on how strong your team looks, I'm cool with it. But only in PPR, not in standard. Please don't do that to yourself. Yeah, definitely. I would, I would stay away from him in standard. I mean, I'd let him drop to the waiver wire, honestly, and – you know, if he's still there and you see something you like after week one or two, then pick him up. But I I wouldn't go out of my way to get him in a standard format. All right. Next one up is Carlos Hyde, <laughs> a former, former 49er, former NFL top 100 player. Carlos Hyde. Ugh. I'm really not too enamored with this pickup. I mean, <laughs> as, both as a fan and as a fantasy guy, I just I, honestly, Carlos Hyde, he's 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 a big potato, man. He's done. Uh, yeah. You know, I, he's, he honestly, I hope this was just more of a depth move than anything. And you know, O'Brien wasn't like you know, all right, this is the guy I want him. You know, he's I got a, the perfect plan for him. You know, I, I mean. 
I don't know. I, I, I honestly I didn't understand the trade, uh, but you know I'm just I'm just a guy, so. It's one of those where he doesn't trust the rookies, um, which Carlos Hyde is. He's a weird player. So he's above average running to the left. Everywhere else, running up the middle, running to the right, he's below average. He's a bigger guy. He kind of, um, if you ever use player profiler, they compare him to Eddie Lacy. We know how Eddie Lacy flamed out very, oh, very quickly. Around all that barbecue, I, I want to watch out. I know, right? But I'm hoping that the Texans will get right what the Browns got wrong when they and flip the usage. So Duke Johnson should be the primary with Carlos Hyde as kind of like the one to, to take the beating, the grinder. He should be LeGarrette Blount from two years ago on the Patriots where, you know, they let James White catch all the passes um, and let Burkhead do a lot of, like, the dirty work, and then Blatt was just the battering ram. So that's what I would hope they would use with Carlos Hodge, just use him as the battering ram, use him to hopefully grind games, grind tough yardage, and he may find an opportunity because the Texans are going to move the ball. Believe it or not, this year we should actually move the ball quite a bit. So he should have goal line opportunity. So I would actually flip it. If you really want to be a homer and you really want a Texans player and you play in standard league, maybe Carlos Hyde, but please don't put him on your bench quite yet. Just put a little eyeball on him. Um, Click the little watch icon and watch him. Because honestly, other than that, I don't think that he's going to be that relevant. He's just – he's not that good, not that good anymore. Yeah, I mean, what was it when he was on the 49ers? Uh, that was probably the last time he was really relevant, you know. I want to say fantasy-wise and just in general. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't foresee him doing much at all. And you can watch him if you want, and you know, but I don't know. I just – basically, you know, he's, he's like Hopkins where he's born to talk about in fantasy, but it's not in a good way. Yeah, um, he'd be the, you know, the exact opposite version. And then after that, with the Texans, we have no idea. We have no idea who's going to yeah, be. If uh, Hopkins had a uh, an evil twin, right? But that twin was also a running back. Then that would be Carlos Hyde. <laughs> yeah, which is absolute mirror, complete opposite. In every opposite single way. Um, and then for the third back with the Texans, if something was to happen to Johnson. Or Hyde, really at this point. It's like we pray Buddy Howell gets some touches, but he probably won't. So there's no one. There's no one. Uh, don't even bother in Dynasty rostering anybody. At this point, it's just kind of wait and see. Um, may, maybe because Demare Crockett was actually the most impressive during the preseason, and he's now on the Oakland practice squad. So just don't mess with anybody else, no matter what it says next to their name. Yeah, definitely which could also be our advice about the tight ends. Um, so both Kahali Waring and Jordan Thomas got IR'd today. Um, both of these are guys were IR'd more for developmental reasons than real injuries. Not that having a concussion is not serious. It is serious, but, I mean, it's not going to take the entire year to get over. And a cracked rib, players play through cracked ribs all the time. That's them looking for an excuse to put him on the IR. So that leaves really only Jordan Aikens as the potentially fantasy-relevant tight end on the Texans. But at this point, he's going completely undrafted. I don't think that anybody outside Houston even knows his name. Yeah, Um, I mean, I, you know, I mean, you can watch him if you want. But for me, the tight end position is actually just, uh, you know, outside the top five or six tight ends, you know, it's really just a position you can stream almost all season, you know, unless you happen to find a gym, uh, you, you know, you can just really play the matchup, especially with the tight end, and just kind of read their situation. Uh, and I don't foresee anybody really going out of their way to pick him up unless uh, unless something something happens, something something pops yeah, off that you... we weren't we weren't aware of. Now, Aikens has potential. He was a... He's a big guy. He was a receiver. He actually compares really well to Jordan Reed. However, 
at this point, Kali Waring is still being drafted ahead of him. So that just shows you all you need to know about national consciousness when it comes to him. If he somehow does pop, if he does look like he is going to be featured, because he he did look good during the preseason, pick him up then. Don't waste the roster spot. I don't care how deep your league is on him right now, because I promise you he will still be there in a month. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he'll, like I said, you can watch him and, and everything, but he will he will definitely be there. And he'll be one of those guys where, you know, if you're on a bye week, you know, you might be able to just pick him up real quick and plug him in, and you might get lucky. All right, and then after that, yeah, the other two that we have, we have four tight ends (laughs) currently on the roster. Um, Jarrell Adams, love him. He's a South Carolina grad. Of course I love him. Don't, yeah, he's not. (laughs) He's he's just not. He's not. He's he's a good depth player. He's definitely an NFL player. He's a better football player than he would ever be fantasy relevant. Um, He's one of those guys that, you know, sometimes – Sometimes in fantasy football, all you ask for from a tight end is a touchdown every week. Um, you just try and find the guy that could potentially get a touchdown. I don't see foresee a situation where you'll ever be praying for that with him, with Adams. It is more likely that Darren Fells will get a touchdown, and you'll be able to predict it. Um, Adams may end up with like three touchdowns and fails with two, but it would be more likely that you can predict it with fails because fails will actually be on the field more often because he is an extremely good inline blocker. And then they signed another guy. Um, shoot, why am I forgetting his name right now? Um, I'm, I'm thinking of it too. I'm trying to think because it was just today, wasn't it? It was just today. He's actually a solid player, but he has like 40 receptions for his entire career. Um why can't I think of his name? They actually thought that he was going to be – he was offered coaching jobs instead of positions. <laughs> so it looks like the Texans are going to do that thing where they give him a year and then he gets to be their tight end coach next year. Um, why can't I think of his name? Is it like Howerman? Shoot. I'm going to have to Yeah, I got that. I'm trying to go through my uh, – what is it? My alerts. Because I had it earlier, but I think because I clicked on it, it disappeared. Well, that's how forgettable he is. <laughs> right, and he's one of those guys that will appreciate him more on the football. If you watch him block, he's going to be somebody that we definitely appreciate it, especially in jumbo packages. Logan Paulson. Uh, there we go, Logan Paulson. He used to play for the uh, the Niners. Again, he's not going to catch any patch passes. If he catches a pass, we're all just going to be shocked. And then... Uh, Kaimi Fairbairn, um, if you want a kicker, get number a Number one kicker last year, so, yeah. Number one in points scored, so he's fine. And then I would definitely stay away from the Texans' defense this year. Just stream. Um, you're better off. At this point, we don't know who's going to be good and who's going to be bad, but with the murders row of uh, quarterbacks we have this year, if you want to have the Texans' defense, just pick them up on certain weeks. And I don't even know what week that would be right now because it just looks Yeah, awful. it's going to be... A hard as a, as a fan, you know, it's just going to be a hard watch, you know, this season. Um, but definitely in fantasy, you know, it, they're streamable at best, and like you said, it's, it's matchup dependent. If you have no more, no one else, and you really don't want to play that one really bad defense, they'll they'll be there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right. Is there any fantasy relevant player that we that we missed? I don't think so. No, I think I think we got was, them all. Yep, that was all of them. All right, we're forty minutes in. So, all right. Um, this is the by the time you're listening to this, it'll probably be the last day of fantasy drafts. So, hopefully, this is beneficial in that regard. But the other thing that G-Man brought up that I thought was a great idea was who are you trying to to snake away from people before games actually start? And I'll, this is your idea, so I'm going to let you lead off with it. Yeah, definitely. So this is, you know, uh, there, there are a few guys that you should definitely try to uh, try to trade for that might go under people's radar. Uh, maybe they just drafted them as like a last round. Oh, yeah, I know this guy. Uh, one of them being uh, Dante Moncrief. He's definitely a guy who's under the radar at the moment, and he really shouldn't be. 
Uh, he's the number two receiver in Pittsburgh right now. And uh, even as a number two receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster got 166 targets last season. And he was number two. And that was now now you have Moncrief stepping into that that role, and he seems to be doing doing just fine watching preseason games. So if you, yeah, but haven't we played this game before? I feel like Moncrief is the guy that gets um, hyped up every year, and every year yeah, you're but, just kind of I mean, like, eh. I mean, who did he play for before? I mean, yeah. that, that, um, the Colts without yep. Andrew Luck. I mean, he's, he's <laughs> been a part of some, and then the Jaguars, some so. questionable offenses as a whole, and now here he is stepping into a pass-heavy offense with a legitimate quarterback, a legitimate run game, and, you know, I, I really think, and, that, and this is the whole reason you can probably get him is because people are thinking the same thing. You know, he's kind of forgettable, but what a lot of people aren't tracking is that he's the number two guy for the Steelers right now, and we've all seen what, you know, any legitimate pass catcher on the Steelers' offense is capable of, and he's a guy that you can sneak in, he, and he could potentially be a league winner. And I'm calling it now. You know, if you're if you're able to sneak him up. League winner, he's, wow. He's okay. that guy you can get for cheap, and you'll, you're going you're gonna to see him perform weeks one and two, and he'll never leave your starting lineup. Okay. Well, there, you put yourself out there. Um, mine is, I'm not going to call him a league winner. Um, usually you want to stay away from rookie receivers, but this is, again, one of the things that I had talked about at the beginning of the show is how I usually do well is I know what guys to kind of target as a homer. And I would say as a homer, Devo Samuel out in, as a, out on the 49ers. Um, I think that he's a better version of Dante Pettis. However, he is a rookie. Think. So it's probably going to take him a couple of weeks. Um, if anybody did draft him, he'll probably get dropped. But he's one of those players that I would target because I think that he'll end up being a PPR monster and a uh, a yak monster. Um, just look at some of his highlights from South Carolina. When he has the ball in his hands, he's absolutely phenomenal. He turns into a running back, and he does actually have great hands. He's not a guy that can't track the ball. He's actually a better deep ball receiver. So. Him- that's that is my guy. That if you can get him away and get him on the cheap, I would. It might be uh, what is it this year's uh, DJ Moore. You know, last year DJ Moore was heavily drafted and everybody was talking him up, and then after about four weeks, you know, he was on the waiver wire again. But just like any other rookie receiver, you know, after that 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 after they go on by, you know, on that second second half of the season, you know, it's like they pop off all of a sudden, and DJ Moore what was outstanding the last half of the season last year. And Dean Bosnian could possibly be that, that that same player, you know, if you're if you're willing to to hold him onto your bench and, and and wait that long, he could be really rewarding. Or, you know, you just watch him on the waiver wire and hope you're there to strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. And if you want a guy that I think is a potential league winner, I would say Allen Robinson. He's dropped. He's kind of fallen out of favor, but he's done. He's done it before. He did it with Blake Bortles as a, his quarterback, turned into a league winner for people. So that's a guy yeah, that I'm definitely. And he's he's not going undrafted by any means. Uh, so you you won't be able to pick him up on the waiver wire, but you might be able to sneak him away for tr- no, 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 no. cheap. Uh, sorry, I was just thinking like guys that you can kind of sneak away with. You know, I don't know how how well to sneak away with Allen Robinson, but if you can, I mean, go for it. If you can. Well, Moncrief's getting drafted. Yeah, but I mean, you can probably get him for cheap. You know, you can probably give up, you know, there's a lot of guys that are getting drafted, but, you know, if you offer someone like a a mid-tier receiver, someone that kind of has the name, and it's like, yeah, sure, why not? I'll I'll trade. So do it now before, you know, before that week's one and two, because the price is going to go up. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. Um, Next thing up. Um, just trades to make ASAP. So wait, 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 waiver wire claims to make real quick. The guys that are going undrafted, just to, they're under. Sure. Yeah. Sorry, we'll I just I have two that you know I wrote down to make sure that everybody heard. Um, number my number one waiver wire claim right now is uh, and he's he's only owned in one percent of leagues, so this is how under the radar he is. It's Damian Willis. Uh, he is. Basically taking over for AJ Green, 
while AJ Green is out. And of course, AJ Green for the past couple of years has had the tendency to not stay healthy. I mean, I hope he does. He's a great player, and you you want to see them do well, and you want to see great football. But if for a fantasy perspective, you know, if you want someone to kind of stash away, uh, Damian Willis is the guy, and he's uh, you know, he's taking over that role from AJ Green. You know, he's six foot three, over two hundred pounds. You know, he has a four four five forty. You know, he fits all the parameters. He went undrafted, but I mean, he went from being undrafted to started in place of AJ Green, and you can. Like I said, you can go right now, go away the wire, and he's he's probably right there. And, you know, no one will even think twice about it until, you know, he pops off. All right, that's a good one. And you said two. Who's your other guy? He's definitely a stash at this point. But um, I I think we're all aware that Gordon has probably ran his, his final, you know, Final football days and as a Charger, I think they're pretty much done. Uh, and so you'll have Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. Austin Eckler, you know, he, he's, he's been drafted. Um, but Justin Jackson, you know, if anything were to happen to Eckler, you know, he's a smaller guy, you know, and also, uh, you know, just Justin Jackson could possibly take over. And if you have the if you have the spot on your bench, you know, just grab him and sit there and see what happens for the first two weeks because you might end up with you know the guy for the Chargers, and that's not a bad guy to have. Yeah, I have Justin Jackson in all of, on, currently on all of my teams. I did not even realize that was under the radar. No, I mean, but now, he's only owned in 32% of, in, in 32% of leagues. Yeah. No kidding. So, you, he is. Yeah, Dang. so, I mean, like you would think, like, okay. you know, anybody who positions in a fantasy think, oh, no, he's not there, but he's there. Um, so, ESPN, he's only rostered on 29.6 yeah. percentage in ESPN. Wow. So, yeah, there you go. If you are, you're listening to us, go pick him up. Yeah, do it. ASAP. Like, right now, get on that app and, and do it. <laughs> um, another PPR guy that is probably still out there that hasn't been picked up is Justin mm-hmm. Seal. Um, usually, whenever you put a guy, you put a fast running back with a quarterback that can run, that usually makes their um, production explode. Look at what the guest bus did last year. Um, towards the end of the year, um, why am I actually forgetting his actual name? Um, Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards was actually very fantasy relevant, and that's just because of Lamar Jackson just took all the heat off of him. Actually, so, um, again, uh, no, you're saying... No, I was just saying, if, if, now that you say that, it actually reminds me that uh, Josh Allen uh, has had so many 25-yard-plus runs that he's actually a legitimate run threat at the moment. And uh, Devin Singletary, he's a, he's another rookie running back, and uh, he's in the mix to be a starter. You know, it might take one or two weeks, but if you're looking for, you know, a guy to kind of snatch up real quick, Devin Singletary is there, and he might do the same thing. You know, uh, it'll open up the field, and I think I think, you know, he might not. Might not be a league winner, but he's definitely someone worth grabbing and holding on to and waiting for two weeks, seeing what happens. Yeah, and that's another good point that you bring up. Um, Josh Allen's out crazy under under rostered. Um, yes, he's a horrible quarterback. <laughs> he's a phenomenal. He's a phenomenal well, running one back. One thing a lot of people need to learn is a good player doesn't always translate to good fantasy player, and the same the exact you know opposite as well. A good fantasy player doesn't always exact you know translate to good good football player, so. No, you're right. But, again, Justice Hill, he's under roster. Yeah, Grab him if you can. Uh, Lamar Jackson's going to take a lot mm-hmm. of heat off of him. Um, other ones, rookie running backs that are usually, like, the second on the depth chart are usually always fun to target. But don't hold on to him for too long. Uh, one guy that is intriguing that is still out there is Alexander Madison. However, he's not a great athlete. And then, like we're saying, if a quarterback runs, grab him. Because essentially then they become, you get all the bonuses of a quarterback plus the bonuses of a running back. So, yeah, Josh Allen is on way too many way too many benches where he is easy points and he'll probably outscore a lot of the guys that were taken ahead yeah, of him. Yeah, definitely. And if he's, you know, if he's there whenever it comes for the bye week and you don't know what to do, uh, grab him real quick. 
because he's worth it. He's, he, he'll get you the points. Yeah, I think he was number, he was top five court, uh, quarterbacks for the past uh, ending ending the season last year. So yeah, he took off there for for a minute. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to touch on? Anything else you uh, forgot? No, that's that's all I've got. All right. Awesome. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on. Um, this was fun. This was different. I hope our listeners got a kick out of it. If, if so, maybe we'll do this again here sometimes. Um, if you're ever back in the area. Thank you very much for having me. And if you got anything you want to plug, now's uh, your chance. Just uh, follow me on Twitter at uh, the Fantasy Gentleman. Um, and then also uh, the Fantasy Freaks is a uh, content uh, is a fantasy content there on Twitter. Uh, plugging them in, giving the the gratuitous plug in. Uh, my Twitter handle is at uh, Fantasy G Man, and that's all I got. All right, and as the time we are recording this, um, hopefully it's out first thing Tuesday morning. We have one, we have multiple Texans unfiltered listener leagues. I have the last one though. It's going to be a fourteen team league, and it's an auction draft. And currently we're at 12 players. I'd like it to be 14 uh, with shallow benches because I think there would be a lot of movement and I think it would be a lot of fun. And I tried to make each league a little bit more unique. So if you want to in, hit me up. Um, hit me up either on Twitter. The only ask with this one is you join our Discord. Um, other than that, it's entirely for fun. I am going to buy a running a We Run Game, a running game uh, shirt for you if you win it. It's not going to be like the Dynasty League where you get to take over an episode. I'm sorry. They get they paid. Um, <laughs> so they get a little bit more. Um, you'll probably get a little rinky-dink trophy because, again, they paid, so oh, they nice. get the nice trophy. Um, but this league, this league, you'll get a trophy. You'll get a T-shirt. You'll get bragging rights. Um, yeah, you don't want to take over the there. podcast. They'll have an entire hour of just talking about food. <laughs> food and how much yeah. Bill O'Brien says. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> just getting in again thank y'all so much for listening um hit us up as always um um, on the drop it'll give us all of our information reminder watch party at sigma bruin on september 9th we're going to do the monday night football watch party get a chance to come out meet both me and james say hey to us it's entirely listener appreciated it's being supported by running game houston it's being supported by tips treats man just for tips, treats, come on. Um, and then Pitmaster Barbecue is actually fantastic barbecue, and you don't have to deal with their crazy little cooler like you do at their actual restaurant, so it'll be a lot of fun. Again, thanks, y'all, for listening, and peace out. Thank you for listening to Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast. Please follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at HoustonFBPod.